Hi, everyone. Before we get started, we would like to ask a favor. Please leave a five-star review and a like on whatever platform you're using to listen to Planet Fear. It's a small thing that helps us so much. Also, don't forget to follow or subscribe because we release a new episode of Planet Fear every week. You can find Planet Fear podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you, and now on to the show. The world is a fearful place. We are surrounded by people and things that would do us harm. Some walk among us every day, while others lurk in the shadows, a threat unknown. Join us as we discuss all of the things that frighten us most, from the paranormal and unknown to the true and horrific crimes committed by our very own kind. With Matt Knapp and Lauren Smith on, on Planet, Planet Fear. Fear. We are joined by our good friend, creator and host of Bigfoot Club, Mr. Robert Jesse Dominguez. Robert, welcome to Planet Fear. Thank you for having me. I like that you use my whole name. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm like like I'm in trouble or something. Robert Jesse Dominguez, you get over here. I know. You sound I, so official, though. I know. I say it, but when other people say it, it just sounds like I'm in trouble. Well, or that's something. like your internet handle. Yeah. Your yeah. full name. Yes. Yeah. And in fields where most people conceal their identity behind really cool pseudonyms, you've always just put it out there. I have. The entire thing. The entire thing. Since the beginning. My mom was actually looking for you on Facebook recently, and she was like, I can't find him. He's just not on here. And then uh, I told her your full name, and she was like, oh, there he is. He originally had his full name with his birth date after it. Yeah. (laughs) Social security number. You know, it's fine. (laughs) So... We've been friends for a long time. Yes. Uh, you and Lauren recently became friends. Yes, recently. But you're getting rather close rather quickly. I've noticed that she's picked up on certain quirks of yours. Yes. We'll call them quirks. <laughs> uh, you call them flair, I believe. <laughs> the bestest of friends, yes. really. Um, you are a paranormal and Bigfoot uh, enthusiast, researcher, podcaster. Yes, I've uh, I've done all that stuff. I don't do as much anymore. I'm mostly into podcasts now. So, same interviewing other people about those things. Yeah, I, I've have had a long, extensive, uh, not extensive, but you know, uh, time in the field, whether it's Bigfoot or paranormal. And I, I kind of want to take a step back and just kind of want to talk to people that I think need to be brought into the light. Mm-hmm. So that's just how I am. So. Uh, not too long ago, you and I recorded a Bigfoot show mm-hmm. and talked about Bigfoot, of course. Uh, something that, you know, I'm just saying, right. most Bigfoot shows talk about Bigfoot. Right. Bigfoot Club goes in all different avenues, all different areas. <laughs> it yeah. does. Yeah, we do. We do, uh, like I said, Bigfoot stuff, paranormal stuff, and like stuff that I think need to be brought into the light. And people that normally don't do a podcast, I kind of like, I want to bring them onto the show. And people that I think that are good people and mm-hmm. need to be, you know, talked about. Do you think that's a problem? Oh, I'm honored because <laughs> I've been on your show. <laughs> that's right. You have. Yeah. Uh, do you think that's a problem, though? Like, do you think uh, some of the loudest barking dogs maybe shouldn't be getting all of the limelight? Yeah, I, I, that's that's kind of how I see it, because um, there's some people that I mean, I know tons of people that are really good. They won't say a word. Mm-hmm. And I know. 
I go, they do some really good work. I've been in the field with them. I've talked to them, you know, so I kind of want to bring the, those people like out and talked about. So that's just the way I see it. So I talked to you about how you got started in Bigfoot. Yeah. And I kind of came to the realization earlier. How did you get started in the paranormal? Um, it was, it was really weird because, um, I was approached by Kendall Wilker, Kendall Wilkerson. Let me say her name right. Um, she was, uh, starting a paranormal group in North Texas. And so, <laughs> and so, um, she approached me cause like she was looking for some seasoned researchers and it was just her and I think her husband at the time and her daughter. And she asked me, cause, Hey, you know, I've seen, I've seen you cause I think I was on monster quest, not monster quest. Why did I say that? You more? were on monster, <laughs> no, monster, monster X radio. And monster I was on, I was on another podcast that you were uh, producing. I don't remember. So, <laughs> and so, um, she approached me and asked me, uh, to help her in the field of paranormal. And I've always been interested in the paranormal. I just didn't know where to go or where to, where to look. And so, she provided that avenue for me. So she's kind of like my paranormal mentor and she's a great lady and I love her a great paranormal deal. Paranormal Yoda. Yeah, she is. So that's awesome. You had a, a little paranormal experience in this very house, didn't you? You know, I, I, I want to say that I had it recently too. Yeah. I, I don't think we've mentioned that to Lauren. Yet. No, we didn't. Um, the last time I was in town, you were here and we were talking about paranormal stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. We talked about this on the show. Is no. this a different thing? This you guys been holding out on me? I didn't know about it until just whenever you got here. Oh my God, the saga continues. <laughs> so you were here pretty late and we were talking about, you know, um, Bigfoot. <laughs> Bigfoot and paranormal stuff and how you felt in the house, right? Right. And so that night after you left, um, I was sleeping on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt was talking to me and he went through the, the kitchen and his kitchen door, it latches. So you have to turn the knob to un unlatch it. So I laid down on the couch. I was just about to fall asleep and the door opens and the light hits the couch. And I thought it was Matt. And I go, you couldn't go back to sleep. And no one answered. And I leaned back and I sat up and it was like the door was wide open. And so I walked over to the kitchen Opened the door. There was nobody there. So then I <laughs> shut it and then reopened it, shut it and reopened it. I said, okay, somebody. And that door, I mean, like I've checked it myself just to make sure I was remembering correctly. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Bob has checked it since he's been here. So, I mean, it's a loud latch. It's yeah. a heavy door. It's a solid corridor. I got it for a reason because of its loud thickness and it loud thickness because of its <laughs> thickness to block out sound while we're right. recording. Yeah. So if I don't latch it all the way, the door doesn't close. Yeah. It comes back open. However, it only comes back open like a foot. Not it doesn't like open, open all the way up. Yeah. And I always leave that kitchen light on whenever I go to bed. So Bob was like, I, you know, I'm sure I wasn't dreaming it or anything. And he had mentioned the light hitting the couch. And I was like, well, you don't know that I leave that light on mm -hmm. every night. So if you were dreaming it, you wouldn't, you know, that, yeah. it all yeah. just seems kind of weird. Um, and it happened like 
that weekend after you came over with the picture incident. And I don't know. I don't know. And then you said something happened earlier tonight. And then Bob's back here (laughs) and my headphone cord is trapped inside the middle ring of my three ring binder as in something opened it or someone opened it, put the cord in there and then shut it. And I did not do that. And I've been sitting here the whole time and you haven't messed with it. I haven't opened or closed that except to get a piece of paper out, but it was like way back in the back of the binder. So there's no way that cord could have gotten in there when I did that. And I've gotten up and, and gotten, you know, sat back down since then. So Bob, what's the deal with you two? No, it's Bob. It's Bob. Your spiritual roommate really likes Bob, Matt. Uh, Probably. Yeah. What's not to like about Bob? Yeah, that's true. So the reason you're on here, though, right? Uh, we met in the Bigfoot world. Correct. Uh, the first time we met was Bigfoot related mm-hmm. um, in a place in Texas, Lamar County. Yes. Lamar County is one of those places that seems like just a magnet for strange activity of all kinds. And you've done a lot of research there. And had lots of experiences. I've experienced some things there. We know people that have experienced some things there. And this is really a big deal because it's something that you've never talked about. Correct. This is a, a Lamar County is a, a touchy subject for me. So, and it's something that I've never talked about even on my show. And it's it's a tough thing to talk about it because this is like some of the people involved i you know i'm really close to and Mm -hmm. and we were given like a like a pack not to talk about it and so (laughs) i haven't (laughs) talked about it and so um i think it's very therapeutic to talk about it because i just think i need to get it off my chest and i always want to talk about it i just didn't know where and to be clear you haven't broken that pact. No, I haven't. You have gotten permission and the blessings of other people mm-hmm. that share these secrets with you uh, to come on here and talk about it. Um, we've agreed not to mention specific locations, people's names, things like that. Correct. Um, but kind of, if you don't mind, take us through the story of how you ended up being there. I mean, there, there's all kinds of stuff. Some of it's not even like tied to, together, I, I guess. It's right. like separate stories altogether. But how did you end up uh, in Lamar County to begin with? Uh, at the time, I was uh, I was a recruiter for the TBRC, the Texas Bigfoot Research Center. And at the time, I think, uh, I think um, I can't, uh, the, the investigator that was in charge of that location of Texas had uh, reached out to me and said there was... Um, an incident at the Campbell Soup Factory in which a security guard had seen a, a Bigfoot coming in the back and rummaging through some dumpsters. Mm-hmm. And so we, as a group, went out to go investigate and go try to talk to this security guard and look at the footage. And so when we got in town, uh, he clammed up and he didn't want to talk to us. And so um, he uh, they, didn't, they didn't want us on property. They didn't want us to do any of that stuff. So we ended up leaving. And so we were out there already, and I was like, I don't want to leave. We're, we're here. Let's just walk around and just talk to people. And so we would do that. And I remember, I told you this story just recently, yeah. too. We were at the gasoline station, and um, this gentleman walks over to us, and he, he looks at me. He says, 
hey, you're Mexican, right? And I go, yeah. <laughs> I go, yeah, I'm Mexican. He goes, do you live here? I go, no, sir. And then walked away. And I go, that's rude. <laughs> so it's just random out of nowhere. Yeah, awkward. Stranger like, walks up. Just rude. And he walked, he walked away. And like, uh, so a week later, we go to Walmart and we go get water, so, you know, so we can like walk around and just talk to people. And so I'm in, I'm in Walmart. We're purchasing water and I see the same guy. And I go, hey, man. The same guy that had walked up to you before. Yeah, yeah at the gasoline station. Hey, man. <laughs> Are you Caucasian? <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I walked up to him. I go, hey, man, did you find those Mexicans you were looking for? <laughs> and he goes, man, I am so sorry. I apologize. That was rude. And I go, uh, yeah. And he says, and he said, this is what he says to me that I recall. He says, you guys are hard workers. What? You guys are hard <laughs> workers. And I go, Okay. He says, no, I, I hired some guys, and I don't know why I'm doing this voice. I was going to ask, <laughs> is that what he sounded like? <laughs> See how they did? I thought it was a great impression. I ain't never so, even met the guy. <laughs> so he um, he tells me, no, I, I, I hired some uh, some guys. They were cutting some trees over by over by the lake to clear out some, some property I bought. And he says, um, they quit on him. And I go, okay. And he said, I hired a second group. And they were cutting trees, and they quit on him, too. And he says, he says something about Rojo Chongo. And I go, what, is, what did you say? He says, Rojo Chongo, what does that mean? I go, it means a red monkey. Mm -hmm. So I asked him, can I talk to those guys? So he gave me the numbers, but the guys never answered. Mm. They, didn't, they didn't want to talk to anybody about it. Dang it. So apparently, I guess this guy was, you know, this, he was, I think eventually they told him and he told, I think one of the researchers and the researchers related to me and that how these guys were cutting down these trees and these red Bigfoots were coming out and throwing rocks at them while they were cutting down trees. So they just quit. So that was pretty interesting. Just, and I, we didn't even really talk to anybody. So it took us like a while, you know, to get, to get, and then we end up having like a, another uh, incident report of a gentleman that was in uh, over by the lake, and he said he had uh, some. He had he had animals. He had like geese, chickens, goats, and so apparently this Bigfoot was coming and taking his his chickens and his mm -hmm. geese, and so we went out there to go investigate. And there were footprints out there. We we casted some out there, mm -hmm. so I I know for a fact there were like there were probably Bigfoots out there. So yeah, so that's how I got started there. So and I started researching on this guy's property exclusively. So yeah, um, without mentioning any names, of course, right? Uh, I had been to a Bigfoot conference in Texas mm -hmm. and kind of. Uh, met up with some guys that you were in the Texas group with mm -hmm. and they were talking about this property after the conference. They weren't talking about it publicly. They're talking to a group of us outside. And, uh, that's kind of how it all became intertangled where I ended up down there meeting you. We had talked on the internet a few times. I think we yeah. knew who each other were, but, uh, a group of us, were invited down there to look at some of the evidence that had been collected in the area and meet some of the people. And what was really surprising to me, I thought we were going to go down there and meet up with like maybe five people, you know, the, the group of you guys that were like, 
researching this property. But we get down there and there's like <laughs> 25, 30 people from the community who have all had experiences and encounters in the area or knew somebody or had a story or whatever. There's like, uh, it was like a stage that was like built inside this building where this band practice and all across the front of the stage were like casted tracks, just tons of them. Yeah. And there's like audio had been recorded, but the audio, um, I actually ended up with a copy of it to analyze. And I had been checking out the audio before coming down to Texas to that event. And some of the audio that was recorded on that property is something that you and I haven't ever talked about. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to get your take on that because, I mean, this isn't a Bigfoot story. It has Bigfoot in it Mm -hmm. for sure. But this isn't your typical, (laughs) you know, uh, Pacific Northwest Bigfoot crosses the road or disrupts a logging camp or anything like that. Like there was crazy stuff happening around out there and i remember things like listening to a recording that was uh the property owner had a pond a large pond with like kind of a pier a walkway built out onto the pond yes and there was an audio recording of what sounded like a very gruff native american person chanting out on that dock and that scared the crap out of me. Yeah, that's, I mean, I can't, some of the stuff that I went through, and I, I didn't experience that, but most most of the stuff that I've went through, I I can't explain, and I've never talked about it because I didn't want to be made fun of. And mm-hmm. so, because um, I know uh, I've heard lots of stuff in the field there, and I've gone over, you know, hundreds of hours of video uh, in the field there. So every, every everybody that was a part of that, that project, got time that on weekends where we would get like a bunch of, you know, uh, tapes and just go over, you know, video and audio. And I heard lots of stuff and some of it is like, I, I can't, is like almost like mimicking. Like, I, I don't know. I've talked to you before about this, that I've, I've heard like, um, like horses, like, yeah, you know, you know, crying. And then at the very end of it is a, you know, a growl, you know, like, and it's like, I've heard roosters do it. And then so, so many things that I, I cannot, I don't know if it's Bigfoot related. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. So just odd that I ran into a lot of that stuff and I don't know. The audio had what I would call typical audio that like Bigfooters bring to the table that could possibly be Bigfoot, your howls, whoops, right. growls, all that. But then it also had talking native American sound enchanting, you know, stuff being banged around, you know, you guys had interaction going on there. It wasn't just, you know, an occasional observation or a story from somebody like you guys, whatever was going on there. And, you know, we don't know still to this day what was going on there. Something was interacting with you guys. Yeah, there was, um, there's times where, uh, I mean, cause like the gentleman that we're talking about, he had a, a big spread and he had like an open field and then it was like surrounded with like trees and stuff and he had a big fence and 
So I would, sometimes I would just walk out with like food or whatever. Cause he was growing stuff. He was growing like corn and uh, squash and you know, stuff like that. Um, so I would grab some of that stuff and walk away in the field and I would stick it in the crook of a tree and I would tell I wouldn't tell anybody that I was doing it. So then I would walk, I would walk all the way back to camp and then we would like talk about stuff that were going on. And then the next day I would go out there and walk out there to the same spot, look, and the food was gone, but now there was a shiny rock. Mm. And so I never posted that. I have never talked about that because I just thought it was too weird. And I, I don't know. I mean, I just didn't want to be made fun of at the time. And, you know, now I, I don't really care as much now, but, but back then I, mean, I was like in, I don't know, it was in my, my mid twenties. And so I was kind of reluctant to talk about it. I don't even think I told some of the guys I was researching with. Well, back then I, I know personally for me, whenever I visited the property, I was looking for who's doing this, you know, this, this can't be happening. Yeah. This has to be somebody up to something. And that was one of the key things that stood out to me uh, whenever you first told me about that, because knowing the property, knowing the type of geography that we're talking about, I mean, it was a large area. It wasn't small. It was very heavily wooded in certain areas and there's open pasture land in other areas. Uh, there was never a large group of people. It was kept very private, mm-hmm. limited access. If you hid something, which is essentially what you were doing, you were wandering off by yourself, not telling the rest of the guys what you were doing or what you were up to and like leaving something. And then within 24 hours, having something interact with that. I mean, there, if you gave me the task, if you said, I'll give you a million dollars, if you can find where. Bob stuck this ear of corn on this property. Mm-hmm. I'm probably well, not going to win the money. And the flip side of that is, is, you know, we've all been researching for about 20 years. And back then, the research gifting wasn't even a thing yet. No, you know, gifting, trading goods with yeah. the species, you know, um, it, it, that wasn't even accepted yet or thought of yet. Nope. That it, it didn't even have a title yet. So I don't think that it was your fellow researchers or anyone like that trading right. gifts with you because that again, gifting wasn't a thing yet. No. So, and I think at the time we were, we were just barely talking about like tree stacks mm-hmm. and like, you know, tree breaks and like, you know, teepees and, mm-hmm. and bedding and stuff like that. So that was, that was a norm then. And whenever I was doing it, cause like I, we not only did I get shiny rocks, I got like herbs you know, herbs left behind. Like or, medicinal herbs. Yeah. That's awesome. So it was just kind of odd. And I just go, man, this is, and then like my other, the other researchers would tell me, Hey, I left this over here. I left my shirt over here. This is where I got back. And it was just crazy. And it was like, um, but at the same time when we were in the field, cause like whenever we were doing whenever, cause I had left the TBRC like in 0201, I can't remember mm-hmm. exactly. And then, uh, my colleagues left like maybe like four or five months after I did. And then the gentleman that we were researching on, he left the group too. So we all kind of congregated together and started Mm -hmm. doing this research. And so we were doing research, like we were doing experiments that we weren't allowed to do on TBRC. So we would, I know I've talked about it on my show that we would, uh, this gentleman had a, had a hollowed out tree. Mm -hmm. It was pretty tall. It was like 10 feet tall. 
and we were we would take tires out there and we would spray paint the tires like red and yellow and stuff and so we would throw like the one yellow like way at the bottom and we would use like a ladder and then we would pee on it <laughs> <laughs> so we would pee on it and like like okay I'll, I'll i'll take a step back we didn't pee on it first we just we we stacked tires that had colors on it right nothing would happen so then we pee, we lifted all the tires up we peed on the bottom one and then we came back the next day and the whole tree was pushed over so <laughs> so we would do stuff like that and i thought it was so cool and we would like you know just uh, leave like we would like do like um, CDs like we would get CDs and mm -hmm. hang them in trees or mm -hmm. we would do like Christmas ornaments or we would do like uh, we would get like berries that were in the area like Mexican plums or persimmons and we put it in a shirt and then squeeze it and then like put it like you know wrap like a little bitty rope on it and just throw it in the tree we would do stuff like that and it was just like sometimes we get experiences sometimes we didn't so I, I remember the uh, five gallon paint buckets. Yes. Nailed to the trees and they had, these guys were smart. They put a lot of thought into this. So mm -hmm. they were nailing these five gallon paint buckets to the tree with like the opening sticking out. Yeah. But they'd leave the lid on and just cut a little moon shape. So raccoons or squirrels couldn't like climb onto the bucket and get down in there. Mm -hmm. But something that was tall enough and you had like, these weren't close to the ground. I couldn't reach it. You had to have a hand and be able to reach about nine, ten feet up in the air and stick your hand in there to get whatever was in there. Mm -hmm. And while I was there, they put a honey bun in one of these buckets. Still sealed, <laughs> still sealed in the package. Okay. They put the honey bun in there. The next day, the honey bun is gone from the bucket. Me and somebody else later on in the afternoon are just walking the property. We're, I don't know how far, a very long ways away from this bucket. The honey bun, not even in my mind anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm thinking whatever. <laughs> we come across a wrapper to a honey bun laying on the ground. Honey bun's gone. The wrapper is pulled open on one end mm -hmm. like a human did it. Mm -hmm. No teeth marks, no puncture marks, nothing. Just pulled open like you would to get the honey bun out. Mm -hmm. There was nobody there in the middle of the night with a ladder climbing up into this tree and getting a honey bun and walking off to eat it in the woods and like leaving the wrapper knowing that the next day I would happen to walk through that right. area. Yeah. It was just insane. Yeah, you don't walk on someone's private property to no. do that. So you're going to get shot. Especially in Texas. Yeah, you're going to get shot. And too. they had dogs. <laughs> yeah. They had dogs that would bark at like anything that came onto the property. Mm -hmm. And. I was there whenever the dogs went after something on the property. I don't know what it was. I can tell you it wasn't a person. Mm -hmm. Whatever it was, you could hear it walking around in the tree line at the back of the backyard. And they had these huge floodlights pointed back there. And whatever it was would come up to the edge of the darkness and not step out into the light. And the dogs would run and get about 20 feet away from the trees and just freeze and stand there and bark like mm -hmm. they knew better than to chase after whatever that was out there. Not one more step forward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They hit a wall. Like, I've seen dogs do that so much. Like, they hit that one spot, and they will stand there and bark. And if you were to walk up behind them and push them, they are not going past that yeah. little spot. Yeah. I've seen that so many times when there's been, quote, unquote, activity going on. Um, I did want to say that 
There was a couple of times, and I've never talked about this at all. I think I talked to Luke Gross about this, and mm-hmm. that's about it. Because um, there, we were whenever we were doing the experiments, we would like leave stuff out, and there was a one particular time when they actually left. And I, I'm going to say this, and it's going to sound kind of weird. There was a one time when they left me herbs, so I made tea out of it. <laughs> I made tea out of it, and I drank it. You drank the tea. I drank the tea, and I I went to sleep. And had the strangest dream. I had dreamt that, and I, like I said, I never said this to anybody else before. I dreamt that an eagle was talking to me or telling me that, hey, you know, they're out there. They're he's coming. So be you know be aware of he's coming. And so I go okay. And I woke up the next morning, and when I stepped out of the the tent, there was a footprint right there. Wow. It was like a fourteen fifteen inch footprint one of the things that you guys did out there was you had if i remember correctly a little pup tent set up Mm -hmm. with a notebook and writing utensils in it yes and you guys again we don't know what was doing it but something was interacting yeah with that setup yeah, that was that was more done by the owner mm-hmm. than than it was for me. I didn't know that. I I think I got the information on you know whenever I would show up on the weekend, and so he he had discussed with us that he was uh, trying to communicate, and he was using like writing writing stuff. And some some days we got stuff, and some days we didn't. And so he would do the, he would do the same concept as that he would leave. He did the like the pup tent at first, mm-hmm. but then he would like do a note and then like walk somewhere in the woods and leave it in the crook or a log or whatever under some rocks and he would get responses back. So I don't know what was doing it. I'm not going to say it was Bigfoot. Like, I don't know. Like what kind of responses would he get back? They were like, they were like responses, like uh, wording, like, um, like they, for some reason they called me the Brown man and then they would, they would use native American uh, names. Like I wish I can remember the names, but I cannot right now. But they use Native American names, and then um, in Native American language, if I remember correctly, yes, yes it, it was. wasn't like you know the uh, white eyes version mm-hmm. from the movies yeah. back in the day of like right. Sitting Bull or anything like that. Yeah. It was like in an actual language. Yeah. I want to say one of the names was Hilote, but I'm not sure. Um, but. But I think prior to that too, um, I got we got some stuff. We got sticks, and then we get would get stuff written in them like mud that resembled. I did at the time I didn't know what it was, right? But later on, I we, after research and I we felt that it was ogum, mm-hmm. and so uh, again, I'm not going to say a Bigfoot did that. I don't know. I didn't see him do it, but we would get stuff like that. And like I said, this is it was on this guy's private property, and like you know we would get it in the middle of the night or and wake up the next morning. And so I don't know. I mean, I, this is stuff that I just did not want to talk about to anybody because again, I didn't want, you know, people to, well, here's the deal. So if you approach the Bigfoot world with this stuff, mm-hmm. Bigfoot researchers, and they have their Bigfoot researcher skeptical spectacles on, right? They're looking at it from a certain perspective. Yep. But if you took this same information and just went to the paranormal community with it, then it's okay. Then it's all okay. Yeah. 
I mean, because there is some, uh, I mean, the guy was uh, into archaeology. He was. He would go looking for Native American artifacts around the county and on his property. He was he was part Native American, too, I believe. And uh, if I remember correctly, this, you can correct me if I'm wrong, this was a story I heard. He actually uh, dug up some bones. Mm-hmm. And it was like he did, yeah, a, a big deal. It was. He'd find arrowheads and bones and all kinds of stuff. Um, but you know, he wouldn't. He's the type of person that he wouldn't come and tell me, "Hey, Bob, look what I did. I did this." And he wouldn't do that. You know, right. I'd have to pry it out of him. Mm-hmm. And I go, "Hey, man, I, I heard this, and you go, huh? Yeah, I did, I did that." The Ogham was one of the, the things that really blew my mind because that was one of the first uh, introductions I had with information trickling to me of stuff that's like, whoa, what are we dealing with? Yeah. I mean, Ogham is like an ancient Druid language that priests use to communicate with one another without people finding out where their meetings were going to be held. Yeah. So why on earth would a Bigfoot in Texas be using this language that shouldn't even be here. Um, but yet here it is. Yeah. And it's being presented by a group of people that don't even know what it is. It, it bugged me a little bit. So I remember going down there and, um, we walked out onto the property and there's a rock formation on the ground mm-hmm. and they had been trying to figure out, what this is, what does it mean, you know? And it was like a large circle with some markings on it. And like, we kind of instantly recognize it as like, oh, well, this is, it looks like a medicine wheel, a Native American medicine wheel. You've got the circle with the cross and everything. Yeah. That's a pretty basic thing. But then I started walking around and I realized like, wait, this is upside down. It's like a Thunderbird image, a large bird built off of this medicine wheel. I mean, yeah, <laughs> out in the middle of the woods in Texas. And I would think that like, okay, if this is somebody pulling my leg, they would do a medicine wheel. They, they would do something or they would just like stack some rocks. Mm-hmm. But this was like Elaborate. a combined image that like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It sounds very <laughs> elaborate as well. Yeah, you know? very elaborate. They didn't even try to make it look natural. Everything down there was very elaborate. It's interesting. I was actually just looking at the Indian tribes that are located in that area. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you have Kickapoo, you have Delawares, and then you have the Choctaw, which there's so much lore that I've researched personally in books that I've read over the Choctaw and Bigfoot. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to say that the owner was Chunkton. Mm-hmm. I want to say that. I wouldn't doubt it. That region and just areas around it, Arkansas, Texas, Oklahoma, they are prevalent with Choctaw. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in that area. And it's just like a really weird area because you got, no, I'm not going to say what's in that area because it, it was just give it away. Um, but I will say there was a rock quarry by there. Yeah. And that's, that, you know, because I would get these, really, like I was telling you, I would get these really shiny rocks and I couldn't. That weren't from there. That weren't weren't from that area. So, um, I I don't know. I mean, it's just like, 
one of those things is like when we were doing the experiments, I thought that was cool. And then, you know, we were getting like results and there's some footage on there that that's, that's, that's we, that we captured that I've never was able to share with anybody. But, um, I, I mean, at this time, and I know we'll talk about it as we're going, there was like, um, some other individuals that were getting involved mm-hmm. that were in that, in that, in that neighborhood or in that area. And so once this other gentleman got involved, I, whatever we were doing, I just thought it was tainted. You know, yeah. I, I just didn't, I go, you know what? I go, this is not my property. And, Cause I was getting angry and mm-hmm. I was like, wanted to go tell this guy, say, Hey man, get, get the F off this property. Mm-hmm. Right. But this wasn't my property. I wasn't, this wasn't my friend and, or the person that I knew this guy and this guy was, I don't know, there's a guy that was getting involved. He was pretty curious about, about the subject. And I think he was overly enthusiastic mm-hmm. and like, um, and so everything that we were, cause like we were taking, we were doing so much detail. We were like digging trenches to hide cables and batteries and we were like, you know, we were putting cameras up in trees and yeah, the whole place was wired. It was like just really wired. I mean, we worked really, really hard and this guy just shows up. You know, parked. He parks on the other side of the property and would just walk on this guy's property. And I'm surprised he didn't get shot. But, mm-hmm. but that once he did that, I go, okay, everything we had is just on this date. You know, forward is tainted. So, yeah. Um, but I mean, like I said, I wasn't. I, I, now I'm not saying I'm not. I wasn't allowed to do it. I just didn't do it, and I right. probably should have. And I should have got this guy's grill and and just told him to get the f offs, but. Because we put so much time and effort into it. Right. And I know, I felt that there were like Bigfoot there. And this other stuff started happening. I don't know. I just, it's up in the air because I, once he got involved, it's, I don't, I don't know. So. Well, it's no longer your group of colleagues that you trust that mm-hmm. have been putting the work into it. Yeah. Now you have a variable that's entered that nobody knows what they're doing, what their agenda is or anything else. Yeah. Um, and he was one of the people, like you were saying, from that community there who claimed to have their own encounters and experiences. Um, yeah, I think uh, his wife um, put in a sighting report to mm-hmm. this gentleman before he got involved. And he, I think he had girls at the time and they were really young. They were like, I don't know, like, four and seven or something. Mm -hmm. And she was claiming that this, this Bigfoot was coming behind her house and, uh, looking through the window. And, um, as TBRC as a group, we all, everybody went out for this one and we went out and we talked to her and, you know, she had really hard, like clay. And so we couldn't come up with any footprints. She was right next to the lake. And Mm -hmm. so it was feasible because like, there was like nothing in that area. There was like no other houses. And so, um, I think she was burning her trash. And so we kind of talked her into not burning her trash, like right. leaving out there. So some of the items, some of her, 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 uh, feminine items, we told her to put it in a Ziploc and put it in the freezer. And, uh, whenever she burned it, she would take it out then and burn it. And so then we talked her into also buying some cam trackers and put them behind her house. And at the time those cam trackers were really expensive and they only used like C batteries. So it was kind of tough for her. So eventually she did, and then this thing went away, and I think that's when her her husband got involved. And yeah, so I think once he got, you know, our our field or our our lifestyle, what we were doing, he wanted to be involved in, and 
he got involved in it without asking us. So I thought that was. He was very pushy about yeah, it. Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. He was his uncool, and you know, I just I don't know. I didn't I didn't really like him. So, but that's just me. Which kind of sucked because there. I mean, this was uh, a major deal that was going on at the time. Yeah, it was. I mean, because like it normally, I think there was like two incidents that uh, required the whole group to show up, and this was one of them. Deborah Thornton was another one. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and this one was like, everybody was all, you know, all hands on deck for this one. So, yeah. we, cause it was evolving children. And so anytime it involves children, we try to jump on it and try to try to help people as the best we can and try to give her a resolution and, um, some answers and stuff. Cause like she was pretty scared. And, um, so we were just trying to help her. Do you want to tell the Deborah Thornton story? <laughs> the Deborah Thornton story? I mean, that was from the same area. Yeah. Um, the Deborah Thornton story, that was, I mean, that's a strange, this lady was, she's a strange one too. I don't know if you ever heard that one, Lauren. Mm-hmm. Ne- ne- never. This one was, um, uh, this was, I think it was like in the 60s. And this was um, in the lake that's, the lake where, where she had this incident, the lake there is now. So I'm not going to say what lake it is. You know, people right. can look it up. Um but she was dri- her and her boyfriend were driving their truck through this area that's now covered under the lake and they got a flat tire so she gets her boyfriend gets out tries to fix it doesn't have all the items so he walks in walks into town to go get uh help or or you know uh like a spare tire so she waits there for him and so she's sitting in the car and i mean the truck and a bigfoot walks up and tries to pull her out of, out of this vehicle and so um it grabs her by her ankles and try to pull her to the window. And this is her words, not mine. She uh, talks about the color of his nipples and his penis. <laughs> so she, that's okay. this, this was her deal. And that she was trying to, he was trying to pull her out and she was hitting him with a old Coke bottle mm-hmm. trying to get loose. And another Bigfoot steps out of the woods and she stated that this looked like a female because it had breasts and it was pregnant mm-hmm. and it was yelling or screaming at the male. Mm-hmm. And so eventually he let her go and then they walked into the woods. And so when that story came out, everybody on TBRC was all hands on deck. We, everybody showed up to her house. They we, tracked her down. Yeah, we, we <laughs> yeah. tracked her down. We, I think we did uh, the police report and the police report did, did state that she had abrasions on her ankles. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that, at that time, the police didn't really believe her because like, I think she was, she was like, um, drug addict and they claimed that she was a drug addict and alcohol and stuff like that. So, so we went to go interview her. And at this time she was like in her, her sixties and, uh, mid sixties. And so, um, Everybody questioned her. Everybody had a chance to question her. I think we threw like 300 questions at her. Oh my gosh. And it was like all redundant, like eight mm-hmm. questions, but they're all redundant. And right, she, yeah, yeah. she never deviated from her story. Really? Never. Not, not phased, not once. And so she claims that this happened and, you know, we weren't able to go look at the area cause you know, it's underwater yeah. and stuff like that. So, <laughs> but, yeah. um, it was an interesting story. And like, those are the two incidents that, that the TBRC were all, that I remember, that were all hands on deck was the Deborah Thornton story and then this one in Paris. So that was kind of interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I've talked, to, I think on, on my show, I've talked to Luke about it and Luke kind of talks about it a little bit too. So, yeah. Um, but it was, it was, I mean, it was such a physical, because you don't, you know, you get a lot of stories in Texas, 
but you don't get a lot of physical ones. No. So this one always intrigued me. Like physical activity and like facial expressions always got me on nipple color. Yeah. Nipple color. <laughs> and, and I, I can't say that I've ever heard a Bigfoot report about nipple color. Yeah. I haven't. What color were they? They were like pinkish brown. Oh, really? They were pinkish brown. You'd think they'd be black like, you know, a chimpanzee. She said something. she said there was like, it was certain parts of the the chest where it was matted and not matted and had color. But she said that she I, I believe that she said it was she wasn't sure if it was a color it was or it was mud. Hmm. Yeah. And so um so the episode <laughs> The episode I did on Bigfoot Club is called Mind Your Ends and Peace. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, we, we talk about this on, on, on my podcast. So it was kind of one of the things. What's interesting, though, is if you think she was drunk or high or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's making this event up. Mm-hmm. Or something really did happen, but maybe it was her boyfriend trying to wake her up or yeah. who knows. You wouldn't get things like matted or mud covered hair Mm-mm. yeah and all that you know what i mean and especially never deviating from her story yeah in all that time so i don't you know i haven't gone back and looked if it's still on um uh, the wood north american wood ape conservancy's website i haven't really looked on that i don't time. know um and you said that uh now this doesn't mean this is true but i think it's still an interesting point that she was armed whenever you guys spoke to her. Yeah. Yeah. She was under the belief that the Bigfoot was still after her. Yeah. She was, she was a strange one. She was like, she had this, um, this like mechanic, um, like winter jumpsuit. And she had like a, I think coveralls. Yeah. Yeah. Coveralls. And she had like a, like a, I forgot what she had. I think a 38 inside her bra. And so, so she was claiming that, uh, and then she was still living in that area. That in her the back, the back of her yard was like a really open area, and mm-hmm. so there was like no houses in that area. So she's right on, um, I guess the count or the part of that that city, and she's claiming that a, that a bigfoot was coming behind her house and trying to steal the the dog's dog food, mm-hmm. and she wasn't sure if it was the same bigfoot because she couldn't see that far to see couldn't him. see what color the yeah couldn't were. see what color it was what his nipples were. <laughs> <laughs> so. But uh, uh, but she she carried the weapon with her the, the whole yeah. time we were interviewing she had it and she would like move it around and stuff like it's mm-hmm. kind of now see that that sounds crazy and all and like okay like the Bigfoot all these years later I get that but it also really sounds like PTSD to me yeah, yeah. same here I was gonna I was gonna say that like, like all those years later yeah. Yeah. she's still terrified that this Bigfoot's coming after or, her. A Bigfoot. Right. You yeah. know, that she realizes that there's, this is an entire species and that she's not safe. Yeah. That was, it was just, it was strange. It was the strangest interview I've ever done on, you know. And That's pretty crazy. I, I don't know why I've never heard of that. How have I never heard of that? I, I've heard I of everything. Know, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, I don't know, whenever, whenever the, the TBRC, I guess, quit being the TBRC. I guess they just changed because I I did a lot of incident reports for the for the TBRC. And whenever they changed over, they uh, they took my name off a lot of stuff. So uh, it's okay. I'm not I'm not bitter by it, but you're over it. <laughs> so it's fine. everything's fine. It, it's fine. Yeah, everything's good. But this area, whenever and like I said, there's other stuff besides Bigfoot. Yeah, but whenever it comes to Bigfoot, it's always been like. 
somebody tells a Bigfoot story and it's that perfect time to be like, oh yeah, hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like listen <laughs> yeah. to this Bigfoot story. Yeah. But did you ever experience anything that you felt was like paranormal on the property? Um, I mean, there's been like, there's been times when, when, cause like, you know, like, like I said before, I'm, I'm a paranormal researcher too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's been times where I've been in the woods and you get the feeling like, you know, like there's a lot of EMF there. Mm-hmm. And like you get kind of like an anxiety and you start breathing fast and stuff. And, um, you know, I've always, I've always said, I, okay, if I see a Bigfoot, I, cause I've never seen a Bigfoot. I don't know if I've ever said that. So I haven't. So I'm, I'm with you on that one. Lord. Same. So, so. <laughs> you guys have a pretty cool little club over there. Yeah. We're, we're the best club. Bigfoot, Bigfoot club. Bigfoot, Bigfoot club. haven't seen Bigfoot club. <laughs> Membership, so. not exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> so. I mean, I've been in, I've been in there like the woods where I, I felt like there's Bigfoot in the area. And then I felt like when there's EMF in the area mm-hmm. and there's been times when I've been in the, in that, in that guy's property and I felt like EMF in that area. So it's, I don't know. I've never seen anything, but I felt lots of stuff and it's just weird. So from a Bigfoot researcher and paranormal standpoint, I guess this is the first time in 20 years that I've been in this topic that this is, I just had a light bulb moment mm-hmm. and I guess you're the first person I've interviewed that has done both. Mm-hmm. What to you is the difference between feeling EMF and feeling infrasound? That is a great question. Because to me, everything you described was infrasound, yeah. but you said EMF and I'm like, wait, wait. What if what I'm feeling isn't infrasound? What if it is EMF and I've just been calling it the wrong dang thing or what's the difference, you know? There was this guy, a really smart guy, I won't mention his name, that a long time ago said, you know, it'd be really interesting to take an EMF meter out into the Bigfoot field. Yeah. And just see, because you're out in the middle of the woods, there shouldn't be any EMF. Yeah. And I would like to see what you get. I, I know I know for a fact, and I'll answer your question here in a minute. Okay, thank you. But I know I know <laughs> that um, priorities. I I did a show on on Bigfoot Club called Hallsville. I was out in Hallsville like in I don't know 2006, and I went back out this past year, uh, 2020, and we were out we were out there just in this cemetery, and I was I had like a I had a had a EMF detector and it was pegging at 20 and there's nothing out there in a cemetery in the cemetery. There's nothing, there's no, you know, uh, phone lines out there, nothing. And I was, it was pegging out 20, like the whole time I was there. And so I've had paranormal in that, in that area and also Bigfoot stuff. I had huh. three knocks and, and like rocks thrown at me and eye shines and I've seen all that stuff. And this whole time I was out there in this woods, I was, it was just going off and I thought that was crazy. Yeah. So, um, but to answer your question, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if I've ever experienced uh, the infrasound stuff. I know. Um, well, from what you described, the EMF. Yeah. That is what I feel that I call infrasound. Okay. Well, ex- whenever you go over the symptoms, they're the same. Yeah, the anxiety, the um, heavy feeling, the um, so like me, I get like goosebumps from head to toe. My mom gets this cold feeling down her spine. Mm -hmm. Um, Others get like, uh, there's a friend of mine, he's a really big, big guy. And he feels like a beating on his chest. Like he's standing in front of a big bass speaker at a concert. 
Wow. That's, I, you know what? I, cause I know I've been in uh, locations in Dallas, Fort Worth and, uh, I felt that the mm-hmm. same, the same way, um, in areas that I thought was, was, had paranormal activity. And so I think the other, the place I've had that same feeling was in Brown Springs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that's something I've talked about on one of your shows before, but, um, you know, I would later research that area cause I, you know, I know I'm, I'm going off on a tangent. I'm trying not to, but, uh, the, the Dallas mob used to kill, used to kill and dump bodies there all yeah. the time. And so I, I got that feeling every time I was there and I know there was Bigfoot stuff there too. So I don't know. That's actually, I, I never thought of it that way of infrasound and EMF maybe being the same. I think we need to do some follow up on that because yeah, um, literally everything you described to me is what I've been experiencing as infrasound. Great job. I didn't. I also remember, <laughs> I don't know who it was and I know we're not mentioning names, so I'll refrain from doing that. Good job. Somebody there on the property saw orbs on yeah. more than one occasion. Yes. Um, I think at that time I was, uh, I was really, I don't know. I need, I, I wear glasses now. And so at the time I, I didn't, whatever he was seeing, I didn't see. So, mm-hmm. I mean, um, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there were, I mean, cause like, like I would get that feeling there. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, if he was, I can't remember if he was digging stuff up on his own property, but if he were, if he, if he was digging stuff up there, I, I wouldn't see why they wouldn't be orbs there at all. So I kind of had a feeling that he was at first, um, because whenever we, you know, we made, whenever I say we, I mean myself and a couple of other people from a separate group made several trips down there. You guys lived down there and were down there all the time. Yeah. Uh, but, the first trip we made, we didn't really go to the property mm. whenever you and I first met. But on later trips, I went to the property. And the first time I went to the actual property, uh, there was an area where he was very adamant. He was like, see that tree that's falling down right there? Don't go past that. Mm. We're not allowed to go past that. And I said, what do you mean we? And he said, humans aren't allowed to go past that. Like he said that? Yeah. And I said... Wow. I said, because keep in mind, at the time, I'm trying to bust a hoax. Right. You know, I'm trying to figure out what's actually going on. Yeah. And I was like, did the Bigfoot tell you that? And he just smiled and walked off. Yeah, he would do that. That's not He didn't say Bigfoot. He would do that a lot. Yeah. Like, that's just next level creepy. Yeah. (laughs) And like the the road that went in front of the property went that direction. It went parallel to that area. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember like creeping down that road in the vehicle, like <laughs> peering off into the woods, like trying to see like, why can't we go over there? Mm-hmm. But, uh, the, nobody went over there. He didn't go over there. I don't know what happened over there, but he had that rule. Like that was the one area that we weren't allowed to go. I, I will say this, that I, I know, I'm not sure if I told you this story, but it was from, Somebody in the TBRC had told me this story that um, down past this gentleman's um, property, there was an area to the lake, and there was a boat ramp there. And uh, one of the TBRC guys were there um, with um, Parabolic Dish trying to listen to that area. And this guy pulls up, and apparently he's distraught or something, and 
he was crying and, and I think my friend had I mean the the colleague had some coffee so he gave him some coffee and this gentleman was crying because he said his his pet was was had died that that night or that morning and um he says yeah I goes and my my colleague was asking well what happened and goes so well, he was killed I said did he drown because we were right by the lake and mm-hmm. he says no he was killed by a, a red orangutan and so he stated that that he got out of his camper and the dog went out to go use the restroom, ran ahead up a trail, and this uh, Bigfoot came out, stepped out, picked up the dog, tore it apart. Wow! I and heard that so much. And then like it was rocking back and forth. He told the guy it was rocking, it was showing its teeth, which is activity that you know Bigfoot researchers have heard time and time again, yes. mm-hmm. and we have learned uh, that other large apes do these sort of things but whenever you hear it from somebody that's not into bigfoot they yeah. don't they're yeah. not even thinking bigfoot yeah. i mean the guy said an orangutan yeah, yeah. an orangutan and no. then they describe specific behavior that we know right large primates do which coincides with what the um hispanic labor force right of that area right. Yeah. <laughs> the same one yeah. have, have uh, corroborated <laughs> you know um <laughs> so that's just, Sorry. but that is a crazy coincidence. It was. So, um, that, you know, that story is just like, so I know there was Bigfoot in this area from all the sighting reports we've gotten and some of the stuff that I've actually seen. And so when that other gentleman, I don't mean to harp on this, but when that other gentleman got involved and some other, um, well-known Bigfooters got involved, it just it started getting attention that yeah, it didn't need. Right. And it, became oversaturated it did so um, you can definitely oversaturate a, a research area and you know mm-hmm. it's just like the old the quote is what you research you also change right so that's, so i haven't been back there probably since man i want to say before 06 so i haven't been back in that area so i've been over to moyers and um Oklahoma, so I've been in that area. So mm-hmm. and, uh, I know this. It's kind of like along that. Yeah, if, stretch you, if you get rid of map lines, yeah, mm-hmm. it's all the same area because there's a huge area there. Yeah, so it's crazy. I've wanted to research that area yeah. that we're talking about mm-hmm. for a very long time, and I drive through that area every couple months to go to uh, East Texas, and I've wanted to research it forever. Just never have. Apparently, I need to. Well, I've made numerous trips uh, on the way to Texas. That's the route. Yeah, yeah, same you know, from Tulsa. Coming to, from Tulsa, yeah. going to everywhere we went in Texas. Yeah. yeah. And every time driving down that highway through that county, yeah. I just look over and thinking, like, if people only knew what is right over there, like, if you just turn here. Yeah. <laughs> And go that direction. <laughs> that's crazy. The uh, lake that's there. Yes. Um, that's where I've wanted to research is around Is that a spooky lake. place. Yeah. yeah. Just on its own. And there's at least one other group that, you know, that area has been their main stomping grounds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not getting into them or anything. I know, I, I know what group you're talking about. I'm right? just saying there's an entire another Bigfoot group that's not associated with any of this yeah. who also have all their own stories mm-hmm. and reports that have come from the area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's from what I've heard, the stuff coming out of that area and uh, from that lake. Um, 
that's why I've wanted to research there because mm. it, it everything that I've heard is is that it's a very active area for Bigfoot. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> whenever I went down there, I didn't encounter Bigfoot. Yeah. I <laughs> I had a different experience down there that you want to talk about it? Yeah, talk about it. I don't it. know. How did it make you feel? Scared. <laughs> what do you think it was? I don't know. <laughs> I, I honestly, I have no, I have one possible answer that I got from our colleague Luke Gross mm-hmm. by accident. The owner of So Said Property, this was the first trip down there whenever we weren't allowed to go on the property yet, took us to some other areas. Mm. One area in particular I know was by a cemetery. I remember passing by a cemetery Mm -hmm. and this area, even though nothing happened there was the scariest place I have ever been in my life Mm -hmm. just because it swallowed any bit of light that there was. I have been to places like that. Yes. Yeah. It was just really, really dark and like nobody wanted to use flashlights or anything. (laughs) Yeah. You know, lights out. And I'm like, okay, so we drove past this cemetery. I'm okay with that. I'm fine. We turn down this road and we just like stop on the road. I don't know what's down the road. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what's over here. We're just in the woods now. Oh, yeah. And we get out of the vehicles and it's just ink. I remember that. Yeah. And like you could hear people talking. You can even see your hand in front of you. Yeah. You can hear people talking. You'd like, you were walking around with your arms sticking out. Like, and you would walk towards somebody's voice. Yeah trying to find them and then you're just like talking to them in the dark and you still can't see them but you can like feel their presence just mm-hmm. within a couple of feet from you and then like there was like a couple of times where like somebody would like walk by me and I was like hello <laughs> <laughs> you're that guy in the horror film okay I think, hello who's there <laughs> I, I think when I was there I can't remember who it was but I was like grabbing their shirt and I was just like pinching their shirt to know where they were at they were moving and so i can't remember who it was but i know i was doing it to somebody it was so dark whoever it was i'm sorry (laughs) but then we went to another location yeah okay and i don't know uh you had some stuff there i remember you told me this stuff yeah so we're in several different vehicles and we pull down this road and one of the guys i was with just instantly gets sick Mm mm-hmm he, like, can't get out of the back of the pickup truck. Like, he's like, I'm just going to lay here. He had a headache, he had a stomachache, or what? He was, like, dizzy, felt like he was going to pass out. Hmm. There was There was a smell of death in the air. Like, everybody could smell it. Mm-hmm. So, everybody gets out of the vehicles and starts looking for what we're expecting to find, like, some huge dead animal, mm-hmm. like a wild hog or something had mm-hmm. died there. Can't find anything. Everybody has got spotlights, flashlights. We just came from the pitch black area. Now everybody's <laughs> shining lights everywhere. <laughs> when you're about to step in a dead carcass, yeah. you whip out your flashlight. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've been in that situation. So, like, the only thing that I saw dead, there was a dead snake in the road. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, like, ran over or squished or anything. Not enough to give off that much no, smell. No, Right. And there was a wasp dead stuck to its head what? i don't know if you can find any symbology in that nature is so metal that is weird. but to me like a dead snake 
intertwined with a dead wasp, you know? Yeah. Lightning bugs. This was the first thing I noticed. Yeah. Lightning bugs were flying from the right side of the road, but whenever they would fly over to the left side of the road, they fell to the ground, and there was just lightning bugs lining one side of the road, like still flashing on the ground, just dying. What's weird is, so in the inky, dark place that y'all had just been in, there were no lightning bugs. Right. At all. Hadn't seen a one. Same geographic area, just a different location a couple miles away. Yeah. So did the did the smell of the of the body go away or did it stay? It eventually went away. So what happened? There was also like a spider that came down on the guy that was laying in the back of the truck. I'm not okay with that. It was just all weird. Oh yeah, it just got scary. Everybody, it just got scary. Luke Gross was there, right? And him and another guy went walking down the road away from everybody. Shortly afterwards, they turn around and come back. And Luke Gross, the only time I have ever heard him say anything like this, he's like, we had to turn around. They hit the famous Bigfoot wall. Mm. The famous mm, yeah. don't take another step farther. Yes. And Luke Gross turned around and walked back. If he's saying that, then I, I believe it. I would turn around walk or walk back to I look down the road towards where they came from. Because, like, Luke's walking back with this other guy. He's saying that I'm like looking at them and I glance back down the road and it was all kind of like a single motion thing where like I'm looking at them, looking down the road and looking back at them. Mm -hmm. But whenever I look down the road, I swear to everything. There's an old Native American man with like a blanket wrapped over his shoulders, standing on the side of the road. Look at my arms. Mm-hmm. If I'm lying, I'm dying. Was was it an older, older, an then, old man? Okay, like maybe thirty yards down the road, kind of like as far as I could see, without pointing a light down there, just at the cusp, you know. And like it was like I looked down and like it registered that I saw him, mm-hmm. and I looked back and there's nothing there. But I know. I saw this. Yeah. So I start, huh? Like I go back to the guy that's in the back of the vehicle and I'm like, Hey man, there's something about this place. There's something going on. Yeah. And he's like, what do you mean? And I said, I'll tell you later. You know, <laughs> like, I don't want to talk about it while we're out here. Right. right. I go back. I'm walking down the road. Everybody has split up. And they're in different areas. And what I noticed, everybody's acting crazy. There were what some people would consider stick formations, Mm -hmm. things that Bigfoot researchers would look for. Like there was like an X, I think, and a bow. Mm -hmm. And people were out there tearing them down. And like, it was weird, dude. It was weird. It's freaking creepy. Like what? Yeah. They like were, it was those, you know, yeah. those other guys that were with us. Yeah, I know who you're talking about, yeah. Well, this other colleague of mine that was there, he's got his light out, and he's shining around right close to me. And this is a guy that, like, I came there with. I know him better than anybody, you know, so I'm like, at this point, I'm like, people are kind of freaking me out, you mm-hmm. know? 
So I'm watching him like shine his light, and I see at the edge of his spotlight, I shine. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, I shine, you know? Yay. I'm still Bigfoot. Yeah. He shines his light over there, and I'm looking at this thing. He doesn't have his light pointed at it. Mm-hmm. He's looking around for the dead body still. <laughs> I'm looking at the eye shine, trying to figure out, you know, okay, is this a Bigfoot? Is this a deer? Mm-hmm. It's between the V of two trees. Like, these trees are grown. It's not the fork of a tree, but it's two actual trees that cross one another. And there's a gap in between them. This thing is in the gap. It's got bright red eye shine. (laughs) I don't know. This is how I've always described it. Its head was square-shaped. Okay. It had a wide chest. Mm -hmm. Its shoulders would have been behind the trees out of my view. Mm -hmm. I would say the space between the trees that I was looking at, probably two and a half to three feet. Mm -hmm. It was about... Four and a half, five feet tall, maybe. A big barrel chest. No mouth. No nose. Just the eyes. And it looked like tree bark. And I, my mind just like, I'm, I'm gone. You know, mm-hmm. like, what is this? It was short, right? You said yeah. it was short. And I kind of like... I can't remember if I yelled his name or I was like, hey, you know, telling him because my friend is actually working his way, getting closer to this thing. But he can't see it. But he hasn't seen it. Uh And I'm wanting him to shine his light back at it. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm sitting there looking at it and I'm like glancing over at him. I'm like, hey. And he shines his light as he's like turning around towards me. And now it's just gone. There's just an empty space between the trees. I'm legitimately holding my breath over here. Like, yeah. I just now realized, like, I'm over here on the edge of my seat holding I my breath. I freaked out. I that went and creepy. got in the truck, and I didn't tell anybody anything. Yeah. And then later on, whenever we were, like, on our way back home, like, a day or two later, I was like, hey, I got to tell you what I saw out there. And I don't off. know what it is. So, I was freaking out. You think? Do you think it was Native American? Yeah, I have follow up questions. Like, what was what was the Native American lore from that area? What was the tribe from that I don't area? Know. So then later on, I find out after we leave, the guy that took us there is like, "Oh yeah, this place was known as No Man's Land. There was a natural spring over on the right side of the road where the Native American tribe would come and get their water at." Mm-hmm but they wouldn't go past the spring because Mm -hmm. that was considered no man's land. And like, it was just all evil and dark over there. And like, there's things that you didn't want to mess with. Hmm. And all of this that I'm talking about, the lightning bugs, the thing I saw, the native American spirit or whatever, all of it was to the left side of the road. Nothing on the right. No man's land. No man's land. I think I read somewhere that uh, I can't remember. It was Comanche or Apache. Whenever the elder would think that he was going to uh, pass away, they would they would go in the wilderness with a blanket and lay the blanket down and then decide whether he was going to pass away or not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This it's definitely something I can still see this guy in my head. I mean, very like weathered face. Yeah, 
not that tall, long stringy hair. I couldn't, there wasn't really a pattern to the blanket or anything. Right. And it was like tightly wrapped around him. Hmm. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I do remember you telling me this story though. The Gosh. square head is what really got me. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen anything with a square head before and like tree bark skin. Now, some people, like I haven't told this story very often. I don't like telling it. Right. But like some people have mentioned things. Well, you know, there's insects that look like other things and fish and birds. And like maybe it's just something like that. Some kind of creature that just has skin that blends in with tree bark but the only thing that ever made any sense to me like i said was years later i was talking to luke gross and he mentioned that one time he was out in the woods in texas and he swears he saw an owl that was like four feet tall Mm. and there are stories of giant birds all over the place but there are also stories of giant owls yeah they're like three and four feet tall i've actually seen that i've seen foot i think photos of that um, in South Texas. Wow. Where there's two, like, uh, two border agents holding this two, this, this one owl. Mm-hmm. And it's at least like four, four feet tall. Wow. And his wingspan's like 10 feet or something like that. So like thinking back, the square head, yeah. just seeing eyes, no nose or mouth or anything. I just would never expect an owl to be that large, but they are, you know, raptors, they hunt at night. Whenever an owl flies, you can't hear it. Mm-hmm. So this thing possibly was a giant owl and then flew off and I just didn't hear it. Could have been the the wood bark appearance because they're known to blend in with trees. Right. Yeah. It's just... Um, so that's the closest thing to a natural right. answer that yeah. I've ever gotten. Yeah. Uh it's just all really weird. Don't they have like a lore, a Native American lore of Stickman too? Yeah. Um, yes, Bob. Yes, and Bruja. We, but we don't need to talk about that. Bruja okay. is a serious Native American lore. Um, I was actually talking to a friend of mine. Um, he's Creek. And I was talking to him about Bigfoot. And um, he actually started discussing, you know, Bruja. Um, you know, the witch with a bird head. And, and he was telling me all about this. And I'm just sitting there staring at him because... First of all, we're in human resources, and I did not know he was going to bust this out on me in his office. And You hear weird things in Oklahoma. <laughs> you hear weird things, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he was talking about that, and he said, that's what my tribe fears, is that um, Bigfoot's not even something I ever even heard about, really, through my tribe. Yeah. Through the Muscogee Creek Yeah, Nation. I had lots of creek fans going up, and uh, one of them had... Uh, a couple of weird encounters, but like, once again, just like you're saying, Bigfoot was never a concern of theirs, but then there's these other things that Mm -hmm. you don't even say their names. Yeah, exactly. And we actually had a friend who was Navajo and from Arizona and he, he would not talk about, uh, he was like, like my husband had mentioned that I did a Bigfoot show and all that. And Mm -hmm. he was like, Oh, Bigfoot. Yeah. And he was like, Oh, he's like, you know about that? He's like, you you know, and he's like, yeah, my tribe, we know about that. And he was like, Oh, tell me about it. He's like, no, he's like, we don't, we don't talk about that. That's taboo. We don't talk about that. Yeah. 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 He was like, (laughs) no, that's good. No, we're good. And so, um, let me go ahead and stop you there. Yeah. And he, he really wouldn't talk about it. He said, um, he said, I've heard all about it from my elders, but I won't repeat that to you. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, 
cliffhanger, man. <laughs> All right, I get it though. Such a loyalty is cool. I mean, but I get it. Um, you know, it's taboo for a reason. They believe that you get the you get the bad stuff on you, the juju, if you talk about it. Yeah, I, I, I can understand that. You know, I don't talk about weird skinwalkers or paranormal well, stuff like, after dark. Like I'm weird about it too, and that's not yeah. even my culture. That's just my hangups. Well, <laughs> also like you know the story I just told. Yeah. The stuff, you know, Bob's talking about how long did Native Americans try to tell people about things and they just got laughed at or told those are just stories. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how many of them weren't just stories? Um, And I look forward to talking about a lot of those things on this show. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's so much we could cover on that topic alone. Oh, yeah. You know, I look forward to listening to it. (laughs) Thanks, Bob. (laughs) So... That was, that was insane. That was. Thanks. I mean, no, but <laughs> to both of you, I mean, this is, these are things that I I had honestly never heard these uh, encounters before. And you guys have been holding back on me for real. Um, well, I'm looking like that. I, you know, <laughs> me and Bob have been through some things together. No kidding. Some things. I'm going to ask y'all to keep the rest of that to yourselves. But these stories, <laughs> that was I mean, just wow. That's all I can say. I, I couldn't imagine being there, um, or what I would have done in that situation. And I think that all, it's not even just exactly what happened to you each, but the other parts of the story as a whole, like that combined together to make it just, to me, I don't believe in coincidence. And -hmm. when it comes to Bigfoot, if it's not just that you had a rock thrown at you it's not just this just this it's that all these other things are coming together to make the experience something that you can finally say like all right this this was something we're gonna go ahead and call it this was definitely some activity right yeah after the after the campbell suit factory thing yeah it took i think it took us like six maybe five to six months but uh, it took us. It took a while for people to open up to us, and yeah. it, you know, because we were strangers in that town, and mm-hmm. and no one was comfortable with us and stuff like that. So, well, Robert, I know I can speak for both Laura and I. We appreciate you coming on and opening up and sharing some of these stories. I know it's. Uh, we've talked about how it's kind of therapeutic to do, but it's also difficult to do. Um, you know, there is more to the story, but. You know, then we'd be getting to other people's experiences and secondhand information. And uh, a lot of it involves giving away people's names and location details that we don't want to do. Um, but yeah, man, this, I, wa- I wonder how much of this shared experience has been part of the foundation of our friendship over the years. Yeah, it is the first place. It was the first yeah. place we had met. So <laughs> I remember, like I, I told Bob this. Uh, I remember, I can see him still in my mind. The first time I ever laid eyes on Bob Dominguez, oh, he had on a stocking cap, <laughs> and we're like going to this place that we've never been before, and there's like signs, you know, set out like kind of guiding us to where to go, <sighs> and we pull up, and we're like turning into the driveway area, and like there's Bob who I've never laid eyes on before doing like the classic Bigfoot paddy walk, like across the road and like stops and looks at our car <laughs> and like keeps going. And the guy I'm with who knew him yeah. in person just goes, that's Bob. 
yeah i i was i don't know it was like it was summertime right yeah and it was I was, hot i was wearing a fucking beanie so i don't even know why <laughs> I was doing it. it was hilarious so i don't know i think i had a, i had a lot of hair then and so i was just yeah. trying to hold it back i don't know it was, <laughs> but uh yeah that was that was first time we had met and it was in yeah. this area so i thought that was kind of cool one and, and you know yet we've yet to talk about it so i know so, so here we are. I'm glad I'm talking about it on your show. So yeah. I'm glad you uh, came on here to share it. Yeah, I'm thankful as well. I mean, that was an excellent, excellent encounter or series of encounters. And uh, we're thankful for your sacrifice to Thank finally you. share it with us. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for serving our country. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for serving the field. <laughs> Thank you for serving the Bigfoot community. That just sounds awful. <laughs> I know it does. I'm sorry. So where can people uh, find Bigfoot Club? Uh, we're on all the platforms right now. Um, all of them. All of them. Okay. We're, we're on. We're on the all the big ones, and we're on iTunes and uh, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, iHeart, Pandora, YouTube. So Sweet. if they if they just go if they just look for us on all these platforms, you can find us, and we're all our social media is is, is the same. Bigfoot Club, uh, the number one, uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. So that's mm-hmm. how they can just find us. And so sweet. And who's on there with you? I have Ash Tucker, uh, is my co-host. Uh, mm-hmm. She's a paranormal and Bigfoot researcher that I met in the field, and my nephew Stephen Robert Dominguez. So the namesake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's actually my my number one draft pick. So nice, Stephen. Okay. So it's a fun time. I enjoyed uh, coming on there. Yeah, uh, I me think too. Lauren did too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was a really good time. There, it's a really good. It's a really great group of people and they make you feel so welcome. And I definitely let my hair down on your show. Yeah. Cause, so. cause we're unrestricted. Y'all are unrestricted. <laughs> it was just, it was so welcoming and you guys were just, it felt like honestly, I was sitting there in person yeah. with you guys having a drink and just having a good time. It was a really great show. So <laughs> I remember whenever she uh, got off with you guys, uh, <laughs> the first thing she says, those are my people. I said, those are my people. The peeps. <laughs> And Matt said that was a tribute to Luke Gross and his legacy. <laughs> it was. It was. It was that we did talk a lot about Luke. We so. did. Oh man, I love that. He dude. keeps getting mentioned. I, I know, mean, but yeah. he was like an integral part of my mm-hmm. experience coming mm-hmm. up in the Bigfoot community. You know, so he was like my Bigfoot Yoda for a long time. Aside from my mom, who is the legend, it was her and Luke. Those were my two main trainers yeah. and teachers in this field so that's, that's a great group there so, yeah I, mean. I, I can't complain so yeah i do owe him a lot and i do think a lot of him and and my mother Lori Dyerhood as well i mean she's <laughs> if i don't Free give plug. her <laughs> if i don't give her a shout out she'll legitimately hurt me you guys um yeah and you know for me it was definitely leonard nimoy with uh <laughs> oh, okay. in search of yeah. Uh, yeah my first introduction so i love luke yeah. <laughs> Have you seen Bigfoot? Be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> and wrap. As always, we thank you for listening. Please don't forget to give us a five star review and a like. Also, check out our other social media sites for new content. Stay safe, and we'll catch you next time on Planet Fear.